Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, welcome to Wikishuffle. My name's Jack. I'm joined by Chris. Hello. And Phil. Hello. In a few moments, I'll pass over to Phil and he will guide us through some random articles that we found on Wikipedia. First off, we do have to mention this award ceremony that we had last week. And I appreciate if you follow us on social media, we have been pretty smug already and you're probably sick to the back teeth of us. But, you know, thank you for everyone that voted and helped us win. Best comedy podcast? Best comedy podcast at the UK Podcast Awards. So, unfortunately, I didn't attend, but I know that you two did. So, um, anecdote time. Come on, yeah. hit me. So, we turned up at the Podcast Awards, uh, except we turned up late. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we didn't. We turned up early, and then it was too early, and the bar wasn't even open. So, we went away, and then came back, and came back too late, and the awards had already started. So, we walked into the auditorium. Would you call it an auditorium where it was, the room? Uh, Doesn't matter. Move on. <laughs> the room. The, the room, room where it was. And it was all very fancy. They'd got their um, video presentations out yeah. with all of our names on. Balloons. And the room with balloons... And the the room was quite packed. We couldn't get a seat when we finally arrived. But the moment we stepped through mm. the door, and it was literally the second we arrived to them, calling out our name, declaring mm. us as the winners, which was great. Straight line. But <laughs> more than a little discombobulating in so much as we did not even break stride between entering the room and going straight up to accept the award. I did you had... actually hear them say, and the winners are, or did you just, you just say Wiki Shuffle? Okay, yeah. so you weren't even we didn't, totally they sure were that you'd won. were halfway through the sentence that said, um, but the tone was sufficient where it was fairly clear yeah, it was clapping. that we'd won. So we just carried, maybe we didn't, maybe we just muscled in. <laughs> Either way, it was okay. Everyone was too embarrassed yeah. to take the award from you. <laughs> so we barreled up on stage and then realised because we hadn't seen any of the other awards at this stage we weren't quite sure on the protocol no. so we didn't know whether a speech was anticipated here or what was actually going to happen and thankfully they handed us both microphones but we weren't really prepared for this at all and we didn't know what, how long we were supposed to talk for what we were supposed to say so we completely winged it yeah, six we hours were... is quite a long time to an accepting an award so <laughs> you pulled it off you pulled it off quite well I didn't it was <laughs> It's far too short because I forgot to thank anybody. Uh, not least, um, Jack didn't get a mention. No, <laughs> not, not even, not, a, not not even, even a an acknowledgement. It's as if wow. he didn't exist um, <laughs> as far as our acceptance speech went. Um, we didn't thank anybody for voting for us. So you out there, sorry. Um, we didn't thank the organisers of the awards. Nope. Um, we did say thank you. We weren't rude. I don't know. We might have been. It's all a bit of a blur. I but think it, was, it is quite rude to just barrel straight into a full room it, it, with drinks and then go straight up and pick up the award and then leave. Well, we didn't. We, we stayed, stayed to the, the end of the awards. awards. Mm. But um, yeah, yeah, it did feel a little disrespectful. So, but no disrespect was meant, and it was it was a really fun evening actually. It was good. Um, we spent the the rest of the night talking with the other nominees, which was the Little Bit Racy podcast. Um, and bad the Bad Perspective podcast. Um, so yeah, we ended up imbibing um, a little bit too much booze, or at least I did. You did. You were. What's the what's a good word? Trolleyed. You were trolleyed. Trolleyed is an. It's a better word, word than imbibing. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> 
Um, so yeah, a fantastic night was had by mm -hmm. all. So thank you for voting for it if you did. Um, and I think that it's done some good things for our listenership. So if you're listening off the back of those awards, thank you very much for tuning in. We hope that we won't disappoint. Well, we've got some celebratory Twinkies. Blech. <laughs> what? They are the worst. They are horrible. I didn't. I thought they would be really nice because you always hear about the mentions. Um, I was expecting like a little tiny Swiss roll or something. It's not. It's covered in like grease and yeah. it's got beef fat. In They're it. appalling. But I have eaten about six of them in mm. a couple of days. That's sad. Yeah, I'm not denying it's sad. I'm a very it's sad man. The box looks really distressed that you brought them out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like you've been carrying them around. <laughs> so I couldn't wait another second to get into them, so I've just tore the box open. Uh, yeah, never again. No, no. Oh, um, where are we going with this? Should we do the podcast as we're supposed to? Yes, so, and this is the last we'll ever mention the award. Yeah. Well, it depends. I can't promise it won't come up again. Okay, it's so last time I'm ever going to mention it. So. Okay. Uh, and yeah, we are going to do some wiki shuffling. I'm sure you all know what that is by now. Well, if you are a newcomer and you're not sure, it works like this. So we're going to press the random article button on Wikipedia. I, I'm always calling it wiki shuffle now. <laughs> <laughs> all the time. They should have. Well, I'll look it up on wiki shuffle and everyone looks at me like I'm a freak. <laughs> so we're going to press the random article button, um, which will delve us into the millions and millions of articles that exist on Wikipedia and um, what comes up we will read out to you hopefully inform and educate and giggle right here's our first random article Pool. The place or the game? The place. Pool is a large coastal town and seaport in the county of Dorset on the south coast of England. The town is 33 kilometres east of Dorchester and Bournemouth adjoins Pool to the east. The local council is Pool Borough Council and was made a unitary authority in 1997, gaining Ooh. administrative independence from Dorset County Council. The town had a population of 154,718, according to the 2011 census, making it the second largest settlement in Dorset. Well, <laughs> exciting oh, stuff. We've got some interesting things to say. Strap here. yourselves in. Uh, has any, any of us been to Pool? I haven't. I haven't either. Well, I went to university in Bournemouth, and oh, yeah. Bournemouth being right next door, I did from time to time wander along the seafront and mm. go to Pool, which was fine did you write this article <laughs> this one of yours i didn't no way pool is a tourist resort attracting visitors with its large natural harbor history the lighthouse art center and blue flag beaches what does blue flag beaches mean because that's like the mark of a good british beach isn't it but that does that just mean there's no syringes i think it's cleanliness yeah i think it's about it being mm. What's the worst no beach then? raw sewage yeah. lapping up at you. What's the worst beach in the UK? Um, I see, I always I'm think... trying to get something. <laughs> <laughs> Just grabbing things. That's good. But you've no. asked a pretty unanswerable question there. No, I'm sure there there's must be an answer. Which beach is the shittest? I've got the most shit on it. Well, I guess, <laughs> I guess the worst ones are the ones that no one goes to and therefore we don't really know about. 
Yeah, like there's big chunks of the coast up on the east that's just bog. That you Bogs. Well, instantly I thought Skegness, but actually the beach at Skegness yeah, is all right. It's nice. just the the people that are <laughs> bad. <laughs> Most of them on day trips from our, our hometown. So. <laughs> the headquarters of the Royal National Lifeboat Institution are located in Poole, and the Royal Marines have a base in the town's harbour. <laughs> This is terrible. Despite their names, Poole is the home of the Arts University Bournemouth and the Bournemouth Symphony Orchestra, and a significant part of Bournemouth University. So what did you do at university, Phil? I think I might have asked you this on the podcast before, but go um, ahead. I studied screenwriting for film and television. And have you ever written a screenplay? No, it was a massive waste of time. Good, okay. Right, so the early days of the history of Poole don't seem particularly interesting. Poole established successful commerce with the North American colonies in the 16th century, including the important fisheries of Newfoundland. The trade with Newfoundland grew steadily to meet the demand for fish from the Catholic countries of Europe. The trade was a three-cornered route. Ships sailed to Newfoundland with salt and provisions, then carried dried and salted fish to Europe before returning to Poole with wine, olive oil and salt. By the early 18th century, Poole had more ships trading with North America than any other English port and vast wealth was bought to Poole's mer merchants. This prosperity supported much of the development which now characterises the old town where many of the medieval buildings were replaced with Georgian mansions and terraced housing. The end of the Napoleonic Wars and the conclusion of the War of 1812 ended Britain's monopoly over the Newfoundland fisheries and other nations took over the services provided by Paul's merchants at a lower cost. Paul's Newfoundland trade <laughs> rapidly declined and within a decade most merchants had ceased trading. If Do we have any listeners in Paul? I'm going to have a look. Let's have a look. We can, we can tell. We know where you are. We know where we are. We know where you are. Yeah, we know Not where we, we are. <laughs> that, that's a given. I barely know where we are. Whoa, okay. We've got listeners in pool, have we? We've, we've, oh, we've well, now quite, we've done it. We've got quite a few listeners in pool. Oh, oh sorry. Well, we haven't said anything bad about Paul. I know, it's not We're our fault. It's, it's got not nothing good to say. Their hometown is a piece of shit, boring. <laughs> well, no, now we've said it. <laughs> we were doing right. It's just a town. It's just it a looks, town. It looks quite nice. It just doesn't... It's not exciting. From my recollection of being in Paul, it's not very nice. It was all a bit... Come, I was trying to well, lift things Yeah, then. I know, but I'm, I'm... This is first-hand... This is biographical experience here. It wasn't that nice. It was all what? Very 70s? 70s concrete yeah, but, buildings. But you and... went to university in the 70s, so... <laughs> <laughs> what do we expect? During World War II, Paul was the third largest embarkation point of D-Day landings of Operation Overlord. Naming operations must be a mm. fun job. What would you call your operation? Uh, Hellcat. <laughs> <laughs> operation Hellcat. That's the kind of thing they call them, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, operation Fire from Above. Yeah, that would be good. Operation Twinkie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Will you both give me one pound if I eat the rest of those Twinkies? No, why would, why would you do that? Why would you pay for that? I didn't Left enjoy over it Twinkies. I didn't enjoy doing? it. Take a step back and look at what you're doing. Right, there's... You're, you're whoring yourself. There's, there's only two left. Well, then it's not worth a pound. Give me give me a pound. And? And I'll eat the Twinkies. Give me <laughs> a pound and I'll not eat them. No, that's a terrible deal. Phil, so, so yeah, I've known him for quite a while. Don't give him a pound, because he'll eat them anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a sad it seems fact. seems like a safe bet, doesn't it? <laughs> 
Much of the town suffered from German bombing during the war and years of neglect in the post-war economic decline. Major redevelopment projects began in the 1950s and 60s and large areas of slum properties were demolished and replaced with modern public housing and facilities that were all boring concrete mess and it's not a particularly pretty town as a result. Oh. doesn't say that, that's my opinion. Isn't that all towns though? I don't know any nice looking towns. Was what? You don't know any like nice looking towns? No, like nice looking. Name one. Where? In the UK? Yeah. Stratford-upon-Avon, Chester, York, right. Oxford, Cambridge. Fair point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Wellingborough. <laughs> no, Middlesbrough. <laughs> Manchester was quite nice. Scunthorpe. The it's not like the first, it's like your first time in, Mon- in Manchester. I've never been to Manchester before, oh. no. I got lost, and my phone battery ran out, and then everyone nearly left me. Okay. I went, but, so I went into a Weatherspoons at half past ten. And just waited for someone to find me. Wow. <laughs> really breaking your, your habit, aren't you? <laughs> well, that's what Bear Grylls advises you to do. Find the nearest weather spoons. He keeps eyeing up those Twinkies and looking at me. I'm just I'm looking at the Twinkies. I don't understand what you want to happen. You're going to eat them. It's just gonna I want America to admit they've made a mistake. And the way to do that is by buying and eating because their Because for years and years... it's. Family Guy, Simpsons, South Park, they've all been on about fucking Twinkies and they've made them these amazing objects to me. And I've been well, desperate to get my hands on some Twinkies. Ten of them. I haven't eaten ten of them. There's two left and it's a box of ten. You, uh, and you had one. Yeah, I did And one. my sister had one. No, she didn't. Okay, so I've had like seven Twinkies. <laughs> but I'm I'm trying to break through the barrier where, where suddenly they'll become good and they're mm. just not. Yeah. Apologies, Paul, but I think it's necessary for me to do this. A Twinkie is an American snack <laughs> okay, cake. It makes, it makes sense. Marketed as a golden sponge cake with creamy filling. Ugh. It was formerly made and distributed by Hostess Brands. Are we actually are we not going back to Paul? Let's no, never I, go back to Paul. Okay. I, I've had enough. I, I think we just. This goes against the yeah. whole ethos of the show. It's yeah. flexible. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, we've just we decided flexible. it's flexible now. Yeah. All right, fine. We're doing Twinkie. We're doing Twinkies. And maybe we should make that our, our one. Our one time we get to do that. Uh, we'll, we'll, see what we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. All right. And is again being sold under the Hostess brand's name. The brand is currently owned by a private equity firm, Apollo Global Management. That's not interesting. <laughs> That's as interesting as Paul. During bankruptcy proceedings, Twinkie production was suspended on November 21st, 2012 and resumed after an absence of several weeks in American <laughs> store shelves, becoming available again on July the 15th, 2013. So people in America did agree with you. They wanted to get rid of them too because they think they're terrible. They are. I'm having another one. <laughs> right, I hate that you've, you can see... You're undermining your own argument here. You can see where the disgusting cream has been piped in in three different places. They've not made any attempt to hide... Like, you look at it from the top and you think that's quite cool. It looks like, how do they get the cream inside? But There's the injection really, really points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's not enough to put you off them, clearly, because you're... I, only, I don't like them. You're nine deep into this box of <laughs> Twinkies. <laughs> nine deep. There's so many different taste, types as well. I mean, I know that Americans, no offence, Americans, blah, blah, blah. I know they don't have the most sophisticated and subtle palate. <laughs> but Jesus Christ... Have a word with yourselves. I eat like an absolute state. I'm one of the worst eaters ever. I'm a right fat fuck. And these, to me, are disgusting. 
You're nine deep. You if that conclusion was made after they taking because they cost two pounds ninety nine, what am I going to do? Throw them in the bin? No, I'm going to eat all the Twinkies. Look at, this, look at the soulless cowboy mascot. <laughs> <laughs> Forced. What? You mean Twinkie? Uh, Twinkie the kid? You mean? Yeah. You're referring to Twinkie the kid with his big, big smile and his arms held out. Oh, yeah. just, like, so I don't know why you need me either. What am I? <laughs> <laughs> they're so sweet. It's horrible. Stop <laughs> eating them. You don't have to. Ugh. Twinkies were invented in April 1930 by James Alexander Dewar, a baker for the Continental Baking Company, realising that several machines used to make cream-filled strawberry shortcakes sat idle when strawberries were out of season. Oh, God. <laughs> well, Purely economic reasons for these existing. Let me jump there because it came flying at me. <laughs> Dewar conceived a snack cake filled with banana cream, which he dubbed the Twinkie. Richie Coff said he came up with the name when he saw a billboard in St. Louis for Twinkle Toe Shoes. Ah. During World War II, bananas were rationed and the company was forced to switch to vanilla cream. So what you've got there, what you're actually eating, is something that is being made just <laughs> to utilise dead factory space that is a leftover from rationing and doesn't even taste as good as it was supposed to in 1939. Hmm. Banana cream would be much better. War food. Yeah, you've got, you've got some war food there. You're basically, you're basically eating spam straight out mm. the packet. Who doesn't What's like a lovely spam? dinner? Spam and Twinkies. Who doesn't like spam? I, I, oh, what? Because you're a vegetarian. Get over it. You love spam. There's another meat eater at the recording session yeah. here. Do you enjoy spam? No. Nobody enjoys spam. <laughs> what is it? Don't, we don't need to go down that one. Right, let's do a Wikipedia article on spam. Wikipedia Come on. No, it's not. Because I'm. This is really making not. a. This is making a mockery of our whole format. You've made a mockery. Of I'm our not whole happy format. with this. We can't just switch articles. Okay. We can't go back to pool though. We can never go back. We can never go back. In 2010, Kansas State University professor Mark Haub went on a convenience store diet consisting mainly of Twinkies, Oreos, and Doritos <laughs> in, a, in an attempt to demonstrate to his students that in weight loss, pure calorie counting is what matters most, not the nutritional value of the food. He lost 27 pounds over a two-month period, returning his body mass index to within normal range. In addition to Twinkies, Halve ate Little Debbie snack cakes, cereals, cookies, brownies, Doritos, Oreos, and other kinds of high-calorie, low-nutrition foods that are usually found at convenience stores. However, he supplemented this daily diet with multivitamins, a protein shake, and fresh oh. vegetables. <laughs> right. Science. Yeah, what a great experiment, Mark. Yeah, science at work. We've we've scrapped pool and mm -hmm. we've moved on to Twinkies. And I'm not happy. Well, I've messed it up. And we're going to have to have words about this on the podcast. The, the, because the self-indulgence of this podcast. Yes, because it's, it's completely skipping away from our formula. Okay, I apologise. Thank I you. I just couldn't take Paul anymore. Okay, apology accepted. And I'm not apologising to you. I'm apologising you for shit. Apologise to Paul. I'm not apologising to anyone. We've got lots of Paul no. listeners. <laughs> you know how I feel listeners. about apologies. But people of Paul, people listening in Paul, <laughs> listening in Paul right now, tell us something interesting about your town because Wikishuffle doesn't seem to have any... Uh, Wikipedia. There we go. It's difficult, it isn't is it? It is hard. Uh, Wikipedia doesn't seem to think your town's very interesting. Danny Orleans... Football player, hockey player, basketball player, tennis player. American magician. Nope, never would have got there. <laughs> <laughs> Danny Orleans, born 1954, is an American magician, one of the top trade show performers, corporate oh. entertainers, and magical educators in oh, the country. Yeah. So he's like a, 
a magician of finance. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know those people yes. that do podcasts about money? Who we probably met a few. Yeah, don't say it was such disdain <laughs> in your voice. Oh, like self-help or... How you can make $10,000 with this book mm. of magic tricks. He's a magical educator. Mm. You can't teach magic. You're born with it. Are you? Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's not how it works. <laughs> that is how you, that's how it works. You come from a wizarding family. <laughs> 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 this guy will be slithering for sure. Oh, he looks very yeah. slithering, doesn't he? Uh, as a corporate and trade show performer, he has presented hundreds of magic shows for business settings over the past 20 years. He travels over 75,000 miles annually. Right, this this article has been written by him. Absolutely. It's so obvious. <laughs> yep. So obvious. He travels over 75,000 miles annually, performing at trade shows that have included the TDWI World Conference, NetWorld and Interop, and the Embedded Systems Conference. Ooh. Oh, not the Embedded... Oh, man. I wish I got that gig. <laughs> All the biggies. His list of clients includes Hewlett-Packard, American Express... Aon Corporation, Exxon Mobil, and Western Union. Ah, all those places desperately need magic. <laughs> they do. Nobody would know that he travels over 75,000 miles annually. No, well, he doesn't because he just teleports. <laughs> yeah, he just gets in a box and then just walks out of another box. <laughs> do you, you do seem to me like the type of person that believes that magic exists. Well, that's quite offensive. But Why is that offensive? Well, because you mean, that means you think I'm... A fool. <laughs> yeah, that yes, is fairly offensive. Yeah. Oh, okay. The, the multiple times. I don't believe in magic. I'm amazed by it, though. I do love a good magician. Not this one. I bet he does really boring tricks. I don't know that. I do. It, a good the Exxon Mobile Conference. He's he's in a suit with a very boring tie. That's, he's, well, he hasn't got a cape or anything. Yeah, yeah. Magicians should not be in a suit with a boring tie. Who's the best magician? Um, Paul Daniels. And, yeah, exactly who I was thinking. Devin <laughs> McGee. <laughs> The best magician. The best magician. No, I'd say if you, if you count Darren Brown, he's he's amazing. I wouldn't count him as a magician. He's everything. He does it all. He's, yeah. no, he, he's a... Uh, an, uh, I don't want to say he's an illusionist that's what, or a mentalist. That's what he calls himself. But I think he does a different sort of magic. I think it's all like... It's just different. I'm on about like people with powers. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, Paul Daniels has got has the best got powers. powers. Dynamo. I'm not sure. Dyn- yeah, how did Paul Daniels get Debbie McGee? He must well, be magic. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Powers. Powers. Like, I don't... David... Was it David Blaine? Remember him? He wasn't a yeah. good magician. But I did like that interview he did on GMTV with Eamon Holmes where he just put his hand up. <laughs> <He's got> an <laughs> he had a picture drawing. of an eye. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. He's Slytherin as well. Yeah. <laughs> Paul Daniels is definitely a Hugglepuff. Huggle I was going to say Hugglepuff as well. Yeah. <laughs> is there any mm. Gryffindor ones? I know we're going on this, but I'm quite interested. Darren Brown's diff Gryffindor. Dynamo isn't even a wizard, the stupid little cunt. (laughs) (laughs) Orlean's path as a magician educator began when he... Hogwarts! Sorry. (laughs) It doesn't begin in Hogwarts. (laughs) Began when he earned his degree in education from Northwestern University. Orlean's went on to teach both algebra and preschool at Chicago area public and private schools. From 1980 to 2000, he toured North America performing magic to thousands in schools, theatres and children's museums, including the Riverside Theatre in Vero Beach, Florida. So he, he, was, he was a teacher? Of both algebra and preschool. And There's he, not much of an overlap there on that Venn yeah. diagram. <laughs> and then he woke preschool up one morning with this gift. He hasn't got a gift. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is what I mean. <laughs> 
And it's like magicians aren't wizards as well. <laughs> it's probably quite <laughs> offensive to any, so uh, to any to anyone at Hogwarts <laughs> yeah. listening. It's a big, big sticker they have. Oh Orleans has written, appeared in, or contributed to numerous instructional texts on magic, including a series of ten books and magic sets with DVDs for New York publisher Scholastic Corporation. In 2010, Chronicle Books published an interactive magic book he created called Magic Scratchers. <laughs> <laughs> it is the first magic book using scratch-off technology to create the illusion that it can read the mind of the reader. Come on. He has also written on magic subjects for the magician's trade publications Genie, Genii, Genii, <laughs> and Magic Magazine. In 2013, Mr. Orleans released a set of DVDs for the magic community entitled The Art of Presenting Magic to Children. The Look, success- children, no, no hands. That's, that shouldn't deserve a book because ma- children are stupid. If you just hide something, I did it, I've got a goddaughter and I took one of her toys. And I moved it, and she did, she just believed it disappeared. It was fine. <laughs> that's that's as easy as it is to teach children magic. Just tell them what it is. That's not it's gone. That's not magic. That's hiding something from, from a very very small yeah. child. Sometimes with my mum's Labrador, what I'll do is I'll go to throw a toy, yeah, and then I'll just at the last minute just hide it behind my back, and they'll think it's been exactly thrown, it's hidden. That's that's magic for dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should write that write book. A DVD. You should write magic do, for dogs. Magic for professionals <laughs> see, see how that comes up you two are fucking idiots is it am i going mad today <laughs> so What's have either of you had any experience of stage magic sort of first hand um as in actually going up on stage actually going up on no, stage no no i don't think so uh, when i was about nine or see, ten he, he didn't care about us so he, <laughs> he just wanted no. to tell his story i asked the question you both said no yeah so now you're gonna now tell I'm allowed us to tell you should have just said i've got works. a story um, okay. I feel like I'm giving him a hard time for what seems like a normal conversation. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to tell, no, tell your story. Tell your story. Tell your story. Great. When I was about nine. Oh, he's going on about his fucking story again. <laughs> nine or ten, there was a children's magician. Um, I can't remember where it was or why it was. Oh, is that the magic? Is that uh, what the trick was? Yeah, he, he blanked all that from my memory. <laughs> But I know that I was being quite precocious while this magic performance was going on. Okay. I can't imagine. <laughs> and so I got called up on stage for the grand finale. Um, and for the grand finale, I was sawn in half. Really? And I honestly have no idea how the hell he did it. He basically, he got this, it was like a, a power saw, like big jigsaw thing that he strapped me into this contraption, got this saw and then ran it through my middle. And I have no idea how the hell he did it. See, Absolutely well, not. When but, then was... I, but then I was only nine or ten. So I'd like someone to do that to me again now so I can work out what the trick was. But, I, cause yeah, I've seen people do the things like on like TV and stuff before. And they all seem like, oh, it's a trick. Did, were you screaming? Because if I'm like, at that age, if someone had a big saw and put me in a box, I, was I would be terrified. I, yeah, I was scared. But um, you agreed to it. Were you dragged up? Were you against the will? <laughs> you were dragged up, shoved no! in a box. <laughs> Strap yeah. him down. Kicking and stri- yeah. kicking and, and that's screaming. why I now only have nine fingers. <laughs> so we, you weren't, you were actually lying flat. I was lying flat yeah. and there was this uh, sort of hinged box. box thing came over my middle. 
and then he showed this saw and it was seemed like just an ordinary black and decker type saw it wasn't anything like it didn't look like a piece of pretend magic kit mm. he used this saw to saw some bits of wood in half and then he just took it from there and just ran it across my middle could you see your feet uh, yeah, the feet were... Uh, I was exposed. It was just where this thing hinged over and was mm. blocked into the middle of me. And they just ran that through me. No idea how that happened. I don't know. Magic. Magic. It was magic, yeah. Um, Are you converted to magic? Yeah, well, now I am. <laughs> now, that I've heard, now that I've heard Phil's <laughs> story. <laughs> I don't believe in ghosts. But... but. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know one of these stories. I just wanted to do that. <laughs> Back to Mr. Orleans. The success of this release gave him instant notoriety as an expert on the performance of magic to young people. He and his wife, Jan Rose, are now lecturing worldwide to magicians, educating them on the use of audience management skills and child psychology in order to make their youth performances more successful. Magic. Magic. All right, the doctor is in session. We're about to get a bit medical with... Nasal septum perforation. Ooh. I know what the nasal is. is. This, I know um, what a septum is. Daniela Westbrook. I think that's what I'm thinking. Where she, she turned into one big nostril. One big nostril, yeah. Too much coke. Mm. Mm. When she sniffs, is it like bigger? Is it bigger? The yeah, sniff. Like, well, you only sniff You only sniff in one nostril at a time. Did you do more coke at the same time? You only have one open at a time. You're looking at me like I'm a madman, but it's true. Put your hand in front of your nostrils and Let's blow all out. do it together. Only one will have any air come from it. No, both might do. That's not true. There's something wrong with you. <laughs> yeah, you need to go to the doctor. No, that is that's true. No, hold up. There's definitely air. Coming I've read from this both. in a book of facts. I've also seen cartoons with bulls. <laughs> well, bulls have a different system to us. No, no only they one is open at a time and it switches. Septum. No, that's not true. It that switches. would involve some kind of valve being in place there that I'm not familiar with the existence uh, of. You're God. a freak. They both I'm not a freak. <laughs> Listeners, please back me up. tying up to the same tube. No, I don't believe yeah, you. That's not true. Are you, Do you seriously are you getting like the f- full air from both? Yeah. Just put a finger in front of each. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah, yeah absolutely. There's something wrong with okay. your nostrils. I've Googled it and here we go. Here's the interesting fact. Only This is a fun game. Right. <laughs> okay, we are we're yeah, we're we're just sat here breathing out of our nose. Eighty-five um, percent of humans only breathe out of one nostril at a time. Well, Are we special? We're in the special fifteen percent. Even more interesting is that the pattern of switching from breathing out of one nostril to the other happens in a cyclical fashion, with about four hours or so between each switch, typically. Although this can vary from person to person and vary based on your body position or nasal congestion. No, I've done a test. Well, so whether that's maybe when we're forcing it, we're how, how do you not force <clears> it? Well, do you, well, do you, oh, I don't know. The how to time breathe. when you're breathing, when you're not forcing that breath, or that. sticking a finger in front. I of always each have nostril. to think before each one. <laughs> how oh, breathe now? <laughs> that does explain that look you've always got in your eye of intense concentration. Yeah, sometimes I pass out. <laughs> um, your nose accomplishes this switch um, via erectile tissue in your nose, which is very similar to the erectile tissue in a penis or clitoris. Erectile tissue will swell up in one nostril, mostly blocking it. And at the same time, erectile tissue in the other nostril will shrink, opening up for breathing. So there you go. You two are freaks, and I'm a normo. Can people tweet, tweet in with us about which nostril? They that, well, you know what? I'd be also, genuinely interested. I would be. Also, which one's your favourite? 
Mm. What's your favourite nostril? Uh, I'd probably say my right. Yeah, me too, actually. I don't, I don't know why. <laughs> but I'm, I'm aiming to just have, to have one a big choice, one. Because Daniela well, didn't. Yeah, well, let's find out about those people that don't have a choice because did they're you see suffering what, did you see what I did from there? nasal septum perforation. Uh, I'm getting good at this. Uh, pro. <laughs> A nasal septum perforation is a medical condition in which the nasal septum, the cartilaginous, cartilaginous, cartilaginous. Let's move on. The cartilage dividing the nostrils develops a hole or fissure. Fissure is not a nice word, is it? It's not. You know when the word fissure is mentioned? You know what? Yeah. Something bad's happening. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want a fissure anywhere on me. No. No. Or be around one, because that's like volcanic, isn't it? You mm. just keep away from fissures. Uh, yeah. Are you looking it up? Yeah, I'm looking. I'm oh, Google image sake. searching. This. Why <laughs> did you do that? You know what's going to come up? An- anuses is what's yeah. going to come up. Or, um, yeah, mainly it's cracks in the ground, so that's fine. Your search history is going to be... Oh, no. Yeah, well, you asked. You keep that to yourself. You asked oh, Google. dear, why? You said to Google, show me these things. And yeah. Google went, well, you asked for it. The the oh wonderful thing about the circular table that we could perform this podcast oh around is that we don't have to see one another's laptop screens, and I'm very <sighs> grateful at the moment. Put put it away. Yeah, why am I still looking? Oh You're not goodness. enjoying it. I can tell by the look on your face. Uh, nasal septum perforation may be brought on directly, as in the case of nasal piercings. No, it's what? Just a little hole. Just a little hole. Yeah. Um, or indirectly as by long-term topical drug application, including intranasal ethylphenidate, methamphetamine, cocaine, crushed prescription pills, or decongestant nasal sprays. Chronic epistaxis, aggressive digital nasal cleaning, brackets, nose picking. Hang on, I do that. (laughs) What's that? Aggressive digital. Because you're using your digits. Oh, because you're using your digits. Like the the original meaning of the word digital. digital nasal cleaning can result in Ah! a hole in your (laughs) septum. Because you're just boring your way through. Uh, I mean, mean, I've been warned about my head caving in. I wasn't (laughs) expecting that to literally happen. I oh. love picking my nose, and now I'm going to be worried about it. Yeah, agree. Stop aggressively digitally cleaning. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a weird way. I don't know. Aggressive digital cleaning. Aggressive. It does put nose picking. Cleaning. It clears it up. Nose picking is, is what. Yeah, but I like aggressive digital cleaning. Yeah. Um, a perforated septum can vary in size and location, and is usually found deep inside the nose. It may be asymptomatic or cause a variety of signs and symptoms. Small perforations can cause a whistling noise when breathing. Larger perforations usually have more I severe have symptoms. You have that? I've had that. Well, I don't know. I get, a, I get a whistling noise sometimes when I'm trying to sleep and I'm like, shut the fuck up. But it keeps whistling. Oh. But surely you can just have that yeah, normally. It doesn't mean there's a hole ways, in your nose. Yeah. No. What, not all whistling noises are from nasal holes. No, but like when the if they're coming boils, from your nose... Then, yeah, uh, it's you probably can have other whistling yeah, re- I think you're okay. <laughs> other whistling reasons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. That was my thought. Okay, no, okay. Uh, we all know there is no reason for whistling. Larger perforations usually have more severe symptoms. These can be a combination of crusting, <laughs> blood discharge, difficulty breathing, nasal pressure, and discomfort. Discomfort. The, yeah, <laughs> at last, after your crusting and blood discharge. The closer the perforation is to the nostrils, the more likely it is to cause symptoms. 
The majority of septal perforations can be managed without surgery. The hole will never close, but if the open, raw, trailing edge of the perforation oh. can heal, the vast majority of the symptoms why, resolve. Why can it never close? It's, it's people's. Why is this? Yeah, I don't like done it. done with your cartilage there. Oh, I it's guess. cartilage, yeah. isn't it? Oh, yeah, okay. Um, the raw, trailing edge of the perforation. I just wanted to say that again because it's really oh. gross. Um the open, irritated, and raw surface must be continuously covered with a cream using a cotton applicator. This will prevent this area from drying out, cracking, bleeding, oh. forming a scab, and crusting up. Oh. A few months of successful application will allow the ulcerated edge to heal and reduces or resolves symptoms. In a small percentage oh. of patients, <laughs> surgery is necessary to alleviate symptoms. There are several different surgical procedures with reported success rates between 40 to 95%. Often these can't be reproduced by other surgeons, which suggests the actual rate is lower. <laughs> surgeons are just lying. <laughs> <laughs> Loads. <laughs> okay, there's another thing to worry about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Good, so good. Be careful with Put your Put it digits. on the list. Be careful with your aggressive digital nasal cleaning. Thank you to listening. Thank you to listening. Start again. <laughs> Thank you to listening. Well, well, we Thanks for listening to Wiki Shuffle. Oh, yes. There, I did it right that time. Thanks for listening. Um, what? Where have we been? There's been we've been places. Oh, you've been activity. on. You've been somewhere. There's been activity because we won the podcast awards. Did we mention that? Probably enough. Yeah, I'm anyway. getting a bit sick of it and, now. <laughs> yeah, me too. And off the back of that, I was invited to attend BBC Radio Northampton and do a little segment for them. This where, is it now, superstardom. Oh, yeah, yeah, Once you is, hit the Radio Northampton yeah, trail, you are time. destined. Would, no, yeah. To be fair, they spent a lot of time with you and yeah. they did a feature. And this was drive time, no yeah. less. This was mm. drive time with... Oh, Rob. Alcock. Rob Alcock. Or something. It was, it was Alcock. Alcock or Adcock. Adcock. It had cock in it, because I remember having a little chuckle. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we did, um, or I did, some wiki shuffling live on BBC Radio Northampton. And we came up with three distinct wiki shuffles, which were the game of water polo. Yeah. Yep. And a list of cocktails. Yeah. And, and Bobby Starr. And Bobby Starr, an obscure soul musician from did the 1970s. You, I, I, there was a bit in that, and you noticed it as well, because you sent them a, a text. Bobby Starr is also an adult film actress. And, and I looked it up afterwards, and it probably might have been one of the first ones some people who might have been doing it said. And before he went into a song, he said, ooh, there's a lot of gremlins today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought, maybe that's just you. But no, it was probably there's my a lot text, of gremlins, yeah. yeah. Anyway, okay, so you're, you were on... Um, and we can listen to that on iPlayer. You can, yes, for 30 days from when it was recorded. Yep, so have a look. It was on what day? Wednesday. Tuesday, Tuesday. the something of September. Oh, we'll put a link on. The yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's on our Twitter already, isn't it? So you can have a look through. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. And, oh, yes. And we were on the Fail Critics podcast the other day as well. Again? Well, you weren't, Chris. Nah. But me and Phil were. Yeah. Well, that, I don't want to sound like, nah, I don't want to go on it. It's just I couldn't. So yeah. And fine. also, my film reviews aren't. I do like the titles. Me neither. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, uh, but you've got quite a. Uh, what's the word? Pretentious taste in films. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> thanks, mate. Uh, anyway, yeah, so you can listen to that at failcritics.com. It was me, Phil, and... Uh, I've been on Owen two weeks in a row now. Yeah? yeah? Yeah. You're on there as much as you're on here. Uh, yeah. All right. 
Phil. Yeah, right. Phil's getting too comfortable with this podcasting yeah, game. Yeah, he's branching out. Yeah, he's he's going to do a solo project soon enough, yeah. isn't he? And what are we going to do then? He's going to break we can't, underground. We can't do... We, we won't be able to do it. Yeah, we can do a podcast. No, we can't. No, we did. We tried, didn't we? Yeah, we did. <laughs> Before we, we, yeah, we got Phil <laughs> to rescue us. Yeah, we've learned that we can't. <laughs> Twitter. Yeah, this, these are the things we're supposed to do as well. Twitter, at WikiShufflePod. Facebook. WikiShuffle. Email. Podcast at wikishuffle.co.uk. Postal address. WikiShuffleHQ, 1B, the Headlands, Kettering, NN157ER. Send us a postcard. Jack's birthday. Oh, <laughs> no. well, of course I know that. It's October the 9th. No, no. Oh, there was a chance. How close was I? Uh, three months out. Oh. We'll see you next week. Bye. Tally ho. Say goodbye. Bye. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 